This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. On pain.tv. Oh yeah, folks. Here we are, ready to rock and roll. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Elon Musk is a welfare queen. The richest man in the world is taking all the welfare in the world on behalf of his government front companies. So let me jump right into this without wasting any time, ladies and gentlemen. Right here... I have the jpost.com article on Alexander Tomas. If you remember yesterday, their website was crashing, so I didn't get to pull this up. I'm not going to do all of it, but this is important right here. It just goes to show these guys always throw these signals out here. And remember, Alexander Tomas is the one who is connected to the Kremlin, uh, connected to Israel. Uh, through his former uh, companies that he worked for. He's a very secretive guy. It's hard to get information on him. All the reporters that have covered him over the years say he's very secretive. He works in this big mansion, and he's only got 10 employees, and nobody knows where they are. Everyone works remotely. Who knows? Obviously, some front man. But it says right here, a Twitter account for Tomas has existed since March 2009. It is the same picture as his LinkedIn profile and a banner image showing Lego figures of Star Wars stormtroopers. But no posts. Stormtroopers, right? Stormtroopers like the Nazis. And we keep bringing this back and showing you that this technology, and we will dive deep into this, is very similar to what the Nazis were supposedly developing and using, right? to develop the supreme race and to torture people. And we're going to go back and show you how the Nazis actually created what was later the MK Ultra program brought here, exported from Nazi Germany and and imported right here into the United States and run out of Fort Detrick in Frederick, Maryland, right down the street from me. And that was a Nazi program where they used psychedelics and they tortured people and controlled their minds. And that's literally what MK Ultra has led up to today. Breaking people's minds and then rebuilding their mind in the image that you want it to be. It says right here, the account liked an April 21st tweet from Musk that called on the social media platform to authenticate. Oh, great. Now the site, see, they have these ads pop up everywhere, and then it moves the page on you. But it says, the account liked an April 21st tweet from Musk that called on the social media platform to authenticate all real humans as part of the bot dispute. Now, people got sucked into that big time, right? Elon Musk talking about all the bots on Twitter. Are there bots on Twitter? Yeah. 
Are there bots on Facebook? Yeah. Are there bots on YouTube? Yeah. Are there bots all over the internet? Yes. But see, the trick is, remember, it's always this Hegelian dialect. Problem, reaction, solution. They create the problem, they provoke the reaction, and then they offer the solution. You got that? Problem, reaction, solution. So let's take this case. They create a problem by flooding something like Twitter. If you're a Twitter user, you love it. If you're not a Twitter user, you just get on board and cheer on one thing or the other because you're an NPC and you cheer on whatever the daily cause is. But they say, okay, there's all these bots. So they create the problem of the bots. You don't think in two seconds that Twitter, with all these genius engineers that work there, can't just run a software through an algorithm they program that can tell them which accounts are bots. Of course they could. They could shut the bots down in one second if they wanted to. So they create the problem of the bots. Then in 2015, 16, going up through 20 through the Trump administration, we had all kinds of experiences with bots because anyone who follows politics knew that there were bots being deployed by political campaigns, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so then they tell you that the bots are a problem. They take Elon Musk, Iron Man, Tony Stark to come out there and create a bigger story, a bigger narrative of the bots. And he's not going to buy Twitter and save free speech until we get rid of all the bots. And so then people say, get rid of the bots, get rid of the bots. We want Elon Musk to come and save free speech. We love him, we love him, we love him. That's the reaction. So problem is create the bots. Reaction, send out Musk to stir the pot and get you to cheer on getting rid of the bots because the bots are the problem and Musk won't buy Twitter and save us and save our free speech until the bots are gone. So then the solution they offer is they want to do a authentication on real humans and then people go, well, I'll, I'll be fine with doing that. But see, then what information, what data, what DNA... What blood sample, what Q-tip getting shoved into your brain, what copy of your driver's license, social security card are you going to have to turn over to Twitter? And it's not just about Twitter. This falls into the concept of ID2020, a Bill Gates program, and the vaccine passports, and these international global digital IDs. See, they'll utilize Twitter as the entry point, the adoption, and then it will spread to Facebook, YouTube, and then before you know it, you just got sucked into proving you're a human through biometrics, which a lot of people do with the TSA and the airlines now. They go and they get special passports and give up biometrics so they could cut the line at the airport. Well, if the screening at the airport with the body scanners is supposed to protect us from terrorism, how is anyone allowed to cut the line whether they have biometrics on you or not? What, they can identify you better after you blow up a plane? Come on, see, use common sense, folks. None of it makes sense because it's all lies. It's all lies. So you give up all this biometric data just like 
Yuval Noah Harari, the king philosopher of the World Economic Forum and the Fourth Industrial Revolution, tells you that data is gold. Data is more valuable than property. And anyone who controls the data controls the future. Because they can hack your mind, they can hack your thoughts, they can hack your actions. And once they put a brain chip in your head, they can hack anything they want. But so, this concept was problem-reaction-solution. Create the problem with bots, provoke the reaction by sending Musk out and saying we have to get rid of the bots, and then offer the solution, which is we need to authenticate all humans. We're going to need whatever, your biometric data. And boom, everybody sucked into it. See how simple that is? All ties together, folks. Now, before I go too far out of the way, let me just show you this last article. This was one that would not pull up yesterday because this website, republicworld.com, was crashing. But this was on December 15, 2021, end of last year. And this was on Coinbase. Uh, we were talking about Blake Byers. So the article here was one of the investors behind Neuralink. Coinbase CEO Brian Armstrong announces new startup called New Limit to reverse aging process. Coinbase CEO Brian Armstrong, along with Blake Byers, he's the one behind Neuralink, has founded a new company named New Limit in a bid to extend the human health span. And... Why this is important, and we will eventually jump into New Limit that has raised $150 million to kickstart its journey of chasing a healthy and pain-free life, is because you have this guy from Coinbase, who I told you yesterday, digital currency, CBDC, central bank digital currency, will play a role in the metaverse lifestyle in which you will jump through hoops and your life will be gamified as you go into the metaverse, into the matrix, to complete tasks in order to earn tokens as your mind is generating energy to power the AI hive mind. All technology we're going to get into. And so, of course, this Coinbase guy would be involved, but I wanted to show you this yesterday because it was a double whammy that this guy is also involved with... Immortality, does that not tie into Ray Kurzweil, one of the godfathers of this modern technocratic movement, one of the thinkers who injects all kinds of stuff into his body to try to repair his cells so he could make it to the next phase where they could put nanobots into their bloodstream to repair their body, where he could make it to the next phase where he uploads his consciousness to the cloud and then could beam his brain, his mind, his thoughts down into other non-biological and biological suits as he puts it and dennis bushnell of nasa puts it and elon musk says will occur you see how it all comes together so you've got this blake byers who's behind Neuralink. you got alex tomas with the stormtroopers and getting on board with collecting biometric data to, to analyze humans all these people behind Neuralink, the company that just wants to put a little brain chip down into your skull so that it could cure your paralysis or help you not be fat because you don't have the discipline to go on a diet and to go to the gym. And so these are the kind of people that are behind that project. And with Alex Tomas 
and his banner on his Twitter account of the stormtroopers, maybe the stormtroopers he's referring to are these very people that he is involved with, partnered with, invested with in various of these technological prison planet technologies that are being designed and implemented in order to advance the transhumanist agenda, which is the agenda to end humanity all together. Do you get it? That's what these people are doing. So when they're talking about reversing aging and they're talking about immortality, that is for them, folks. They are not going to give 7.6 billion people on the planet Earth immortality when these same exact people have all their little nonprofits and philanthropic organizations designed to fight climate change pollution, lower the population, and attack humans for being damn dirty apes that pollute the planet with the very products that these same people design and sell to us in the stores. See, it's always problem, reaction, solution. They create the problem, they provoke the reaction, they offer the solution. And then they make you believe that they're going to give you immortality when in fact, just like the people with paralysis with Neuralink, they're going to use you as a guinea pig to test their Frankenstein technologies to refine them until they are ready to use them on themselves Think about that for a minute, folks, because you are just a little guinea pig. You are a hamster on a wheel. So run on that wheel while I take a quick break. I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and I will be right back on Pain.tv. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Join the discussion at Pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Welcome back, my fearless little natural life warriors. It is I, Dustin Gold, the architect of this universe, here at the Dustin Gold Standard. All right, folks. We got caught back up and I finished uh, wrapping up the Elon Musk Neuralink stuff, which I wanted to do because I was a bit upset that I could not show you those articles. And on the fly yesterday, I said, you know what? I'm not going to wait for these to load. I'm just going to cover them tomorrow. So when the show ended and the websites finally loaded last night at 10 o'clock, I took a look at them and I said, yes, these articles are important and I do want to share them with you. And then we further demonstrated and illustrated the fact that Elon Musk is, in fact, a welfare queen and a partner of the United States government. I don't think we even have to bring that up much. It's proven that the people behind these companies, excuse me, the people behind these companies are working on behalf of the United States government through CIA, through DARPA, through NASA. And, And, I mean, we will further investigate that because there are, Dozens of shows I have outlined already in my trusty little notebook where I am going to talk about DARPA and technologies coming out of DARPA uh, and then showing you the commercialized private sector versions of those technologies and how they, um, how they 
push them into these adoption campaigns to get the American consumer to accept them as cool, hip, and cutesy. But right now, we are going to start our dive into AI Foundation and a gentleman named Lars Butler who runs it. And I'm deciding on the fly here exactly how I want to present this information to you because it actually is all very, very important. And I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to first show you my connection to AI Foundation. We may, we might as well just just tackle this in order of how this came onto my radar many, many years ago. As I mentioned to you uh, a few times on the show, I had a corporate entertainment comedy production business. And my specialty, loving politics, was that I developed and I managed political impersonators and I produced content, live content, video content, live shows, uh, featuring political impersonators. So I had a Barack Obama, Michelle Obama, Donald Trump, uh, Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton, George Bush, Mitt Romney, Newt Gingrich, uh, Sarah Palin, and many others. Then I had comedic versions of George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Ben Franklin, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so one of the things that, that we would get calls for is to provide voiceovers for commercials, uh, animation projects, films, movies, because I also had a stable of voice impersonators that did like dead-on impressions of many of these political characters. We used to do voiceovers for Conan O'Brien's show, Jimmy Kimmel's show, Jimmy Fallon, David Letterman, uh, Jay Leno, Howard Stern, um, a lot of them. Uh, I mentioned before the New Yorker magazine had actually called me the Don King of the political impersonation business. So, without going into too much detail on that, you can ask me any questions you want at pain.tv and just hit me up in direct message. Um, let's just go back to February 26, 2018, 8 o'clock at night. I get an email from a gentleman named Rob mallory uh at ai foundation and i don't generally show this kind of stuff but i have to hear because i need you to understand that the information i'm providing you uh and my research on this technology came from the fact that i was almost pulled into a project with these gentlemen but so rob says hi dustin I found your info and I'm looking for a good Obama impersonator voice or video slash voice to work with us on a new project we're doing for personal artificial intelligence development. Remember, this is back in 2018. We need to hire celebrity impersonators to help train the video avatars of the first few AIs we are building. I think Ben Campbell or Ron Butler could potentially be great guys for us. So Ben Campbell is a really, really good voice impersonator. He's got a radio show out of Phoenix, and he did a lot of voices for me for Conan O'Brien and Jimmy Kimmel and Howard Stern. Ben does a dead-on uh, Barack Obama voice, like dead-on. 
Uh, actually, one time on a radio show, they uh, the host called Michelle Obama, uh, set up that interview, and then had him talking to Michelle, and she was blown away. I mean, Ben was uh, phenomenal. Or Ron Butler. And Ron is uh, an actor out of Los Angeles, one of the most professional um, uh, actors, entertainers I've ever worked with. He's now doing um, audiobooks. He's got a very successful audiobook business and training seminar. So if you're interested in becoming an audiobook actor, I'd look him up on social media because he is really one of the top guys right now. So they were looking at uh, Ben, and, and Ron would actually do um, uh, Barack Obama for me live um, on stage. And he was less of kind of the way my other impersonators were, were more comedic SNL interpretations of the characters. Ron was more of this Broadway Obama. Very good. He could sing. He could dance. Uh, really great at delivering uh, comedy. Uh, so go on here. It says, quick and dirty is that we are a software startup, AI Foundation, based in Las Vegas and development office in San Francisco. We are actively building personal AI agents. We call them mind twins. And again, I tried to share this information a while back with Allison McDowell, uh, who many of you want me to have on the show. I, I tweeted her. I gave her this information because she was talking about mind twinning. She would ignore me. She would poo-poo it. Um, and, and I tried to share it with her. Some additional details going on into the email. Some additional details. Our first product launch will be a celebrity mind twin. Obama, Donald Trump, Oprah, Kim Jong-un, etc. Eventually, we will have therapists, lawyers, and also individual people will train their own personal AI mind twin. Some black mirror stuff to be sure, but so far the feedback has been resoundingly, quote, not as creepy, end quote. You see, he mentions black mirror stuff, and he's got a little smiley face emoji. Because remember, he's approaching me. I own a comedy business. It was called, it was William Gold Entertainment and the comedy troupe I had that did the political stuff was called Politico's Comedy Brigade. And our slogan was, we are nonpartisan, but we can be for a fee. And so the idea, we would work for Republicans, Democrats, different groups, whatever. We just provided entertainment. So if people wanted uh, our live comedy written and slanted to the left or written and slanted to the right, we would do that. I wrote a lot of content with my former business partner, as well as with a good friend of mine, Tim Waters, who played Bill Clinton since 1992. He was on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno over 200 times. He's performed all over the world. He was in the Naked Gun movies and such. But you see, he mentions the Black Mirror stuff the same way Elon Musk mentioned it at his Gertrude the Pig uh, product launch because they have to try to soften the blow. They know in your head you're thinking Black Mirror or you're thinking Matrix, so they just say it. Like Musk on Joe Rogan said, yeah, it's like the Matrix where you'll be able to just upload a program into your head and in a minute you can speak another language. So they soften the blow because they utilize the predictive programming that they were involved with through these movies because it was already put into your brain, it was put into your lexicon, so you go, holy shit, this sounds like the Matrix. So before you can come out and go, oh, this is dangerous, they go, yeah, does it sound like the Matrix? Yeah, it is. Smiley face emoji. Smiley face emoji. Let's get back to this. 
To get an idea of the technology we are building, you could check out the Obama face technology. The lead researcher is an advisor with AI Foundation. And it's a link to an article at TheVerge.com with an AI fake video audio speech using Obama. Now, I will eventually break down the professors out of the Max Planck Institute in Germany and some of the other stuff that was going on on a Seattle uh, on another episode, it's not as important right now because it's complicated, it's twisted, but I can show the origins of the technology coming out of various universities funded through government grants, by the way. Uh, yeah, of course. This is, this, this is where the real think tanking comes from. So you see a lot of these projects are started out of the universities utilizing these professors and their students and then they're passed on to companies like AI Foundation and stuff that Elon Musk, Bill Gates, and others run. I told you. And then that's how they bring these into the public view. The time commitment would likely be in one to two hour training sessions until we get to a nice level of video audio, maybe 20 total recommended hours. We've also loved to have someone who can help drive an Obama avatar during investor pitches, etc., and some subsequent maybe one hour per month to fine-tune in the future. Okay, so what they were doing, and this will probably come up because I'm going to go through the email string. I, I'm, gonna, I'm sharing like real-life non-public intelligence with you. Uh, but I will tell you, so basically what they wanted to do was they wanted Ben, who does the voiceover, to sit in a room and basically he was going to read from all kinds of books and record his voice as Obama into this software. And then that was going to be used to create a library of, uh, of, of vocabulary, sort of a spoken word vocabulary as Barack Obama that then could be used to develop what was called this deep fake audio profile so that they can load various scripts into the Obama AI and then that Obama would speak and sound exactly like Obama but it would be based on Ben's voice and then what he's talking about was someone to drive the uh, video what they were going to do is they were going to utilize another guy I represented named Reggie Brown or Ron Butler, and scan their face and then use their face turned into a wireframe, basically a CGI computer-generated image, create a wireframe and a digital version of Obama utilizing my actors to train the real-life Obama skin they were going to create. And then they were going to be able to merge the voice with the video and then power that for real-life presentations. I know it sounds crazy, but this is actually what they were doing. And this, I mean, this is what I'm showing you right here. And then that would go on. They would continue to train and refine. And then we were actually told by Rob Mallory, it might be in one of the emails, that at a certain point, Barack Obama was going to come in and help finish training this system over a couple day period, but he could not commit the full, you know, 30, 40, 50 hours that was needed to train it. And that's when I said, wait, why would Barack Obama want to be involved with this? Why would he want a digital deepfake AI brain of himself running around? And that's what made me look into the CEO, Lars Butler. And then I discovered all the stuff he was involved with at the highest levels, including Donald Trump's White House. 
But uh, let's finish this email. We would like to start recording in the next week, and we could fit it into your schedule whenever it made uh, it made sense. Ideally, we'd be doing this in Las Vegas. I'd love to discuss the project in more detail if it's something that is interesting to Ben or Ron. I'm at blah, 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 and it's his email and phone number. Looking forward to speaking with you soon. And so, just so you know, in the end, Ben Campbell said, hell no, I'm not doing this. It sounds crazy. This is creepy. It probably is backed by the CIA or something. Ben is not a stupid guy. He is not naive. And so we did not end up doing the project. But when I get back from this break, I'm going to show you a little further into this conversation before we actually delve into AI Foundation and the public information that's available and to show you where they are in their quest for mind-twinning in today's world. I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and I will be right back here on Pain.tv. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Join the discussion at Pain.tv slash gold. 